0: Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners to hear their stories of the journey to building their business. And because we know that success in business isn't something that we can do on our own, we recognize the folks who have helped us to excel. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner. Uh, with us today from Michigan. Um, my guest played professional hockey and has multiple patents. He loves paddleboarding and is most proud of the family and life that he's built. It's my pleasure to welcome Eric to the show today. Hello, Eric.
1: Hi, Tim. How are you?
0: I am awesome, thank you for asking. Well, let's jump in. Um, I'm going to have you start by introducing yourself and tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, where you live, and about your family.
1: Yeah. Um well first of all thanks for having me. Um so uh, my name is Eric. Um I have um been in uh uh well I come from Naperville, Illinois. Uh moved all over. Uh my kids uh laugh at me cuz uh when they ask where they're from, uh I've got five kids and I think they were born in three different states. <laughs> so I've moved everywhere from from southern Texas to Oregon to different places in indiana illinois and and michigan uh and and a small stop in memphis uh a lot of those stops were due to hockey Uh, i played college hockey and into the minors and and then from there that kind of ramped up uh my uh my corporate career and as i got into sporting goods um made the transition from hockey to a a hockey company Mm -hmm. um and uh, got into product manager role and, and then from there, uh, you know, there to now, just a, a, couple, uh, a couple key learning experiences and, and corporate jobs along the way that, that got me to starting my own business and then uh, having ownership and, and managing partner in, in two businesses. So um, that's kind of where, where I'm at.
0: Awesome. And uh, introduce us to your wife.
1: Yeah. So um, I, my family, I've got a wife. We're going on 15 years married. Her name is Jenny. Uh, I've got five kids ranging from 12 to a year and a half. Uh, mix of boys and girls. So I get get the great mix. And um, fortunately, uh, three are at the age where they can start playing hockey and uh so I'm running back and forth to the rink now.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. So tell us a funny story that your family likes to share about you that uh, that you'd be willing to
1: to share today. Yeah, so um you know conceptually I started my outdoor games business probably you know 7 years ago. Um I didn't actually start it until 2 years ago. Um but uh, the funny thing about all that is, um, you know, my my uh, wife's family, um, you know, and and uh, our family, we we weren't naturally um, big outdoor games people. Uh, so at our big family parties and stuff like that, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't natural for the, the group of us all to play. So I never put them out. And so they they joke with me that I own two outdoor games companies. <laughs> um, and so finally, um, you know, when the weather got nice this year, that first family party, there was a, a plethora of games out <laughs> in the lawn for everyone to enjoy.
0: Fantastic. So you get some free market research. Well,
1: you know what? Um, I actually use my kids all the time to market test um, because kids can break anything and they can do it fast. So when it comes to a quality, uh and and durability standpoint they're the best testers out there right <laughs> that's awesome <Yeah. laughs>
0: so eric tell us uh how did the business come about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business
1: um yeah so great questions um i was at uh i was early on i think i was in my second stop in my corporate career um and i was managing some indoor and outdoor games categories. Um, and and the company that I was working for wanted to enter um, that tailgating space with cornhole and and everything, um, and they didn't want to play in that category at a price point level. They wanted to carve out their own little niche, and and so basically, you know, I had to go out there and create. Uh, well, we looked at licensing, and and we looked at uh, creating our own. Ultimately, creating our own one out um just with with cost structure and everything. um and so then I went forward with our creative team and and um an outside designer and um built uh, a product assortment and brand from scratch um, and uh really enjoyed that process, enjoyed the i enjoy the out outdoor uh, lifestyle uh, that came with the brands and um so you know, it always sat in the back of my mind um and one day, um, you know, I had moved on from that company and um noticed that you know it was basically just a retail brand at that point and and the lifestyle aspect of it kind of fell off the social media fell off, the website kind of fell off, but the product was still out there um and uh you know I took my my learnings and and was like, You know what um i think I think there is still an opportunity in this category for this to be done.' Uh, the way that I had envisioned and not just a, a retail brand, but an actual lifestyle brand. And, and so that's when I, uh, that's when I, I decided um, I was going to give it a go. Um, now the part of the question with when was I ready? Um, I wasn't ready yet at the point where in my <laughs> mind I knew someday I would do it. Um, and I still had to acquire uh, knowledge in order for me to, Go out on my own and take the risk um at a certain point i was ready mentally uh, to do it and i was doing it on the side mm-hmm. uh you know i had a day job uh covid hit and man that sent me straight into this was my full-time job uh, <laughs> and um and that you know i haven't looked back yeah so that's awesome
0: so tell us a, a little bit more about both your companies
1: so, um, the first company that I started, um, is Ilakai Outdoor. Um, and that's, a an all-inclusive outdoor games company. Um, you know, we, uh, this Christmas, we're going to be launching another nine products. We just launched two more, uh, this last month. Um, and it's, it's focused on outdoor living. How do we, how do we, uh, provide quality products, uh, so that people can use at any event. Uh, feel proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, the biggest thing for me was, um, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of games out there. Um, and most times at gatherings or whatever, they're, they're kind of off to the side. This allows, um, you know, our, our goal in this is for these games to become, um, conversation starters, mm um so like our staple products have like uh their hand poured resin uh epoxy resin mixed in and and live edge wood and and our whole goal is for them to be you know to to be social um and and to allow people to come together and make memories um the other uh the other company is the American Cornhole Association um and roundabout story when i started Ilikai Um, my, uh, the manufacturing partner partner put me in touch with, um, the American cornhole association and, um, you know, it was, it was a a natural fit that, that we'd be a part of things because cornhole is, is a part of Elikai. Um, and obviously that's everything in the association. Um, so those, those are the two, uh, the two, two different businesses and, um, it's really fun to see them you know play together in some regard and then you know we have to keep them separate in other other sure. regards but <laughs> um it's really fun to see how we can you know you take one hat off and put on the other
0: <laughs> so uh that that's got to at times be a little challenging to be able to 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 manage both companies how do you how do you handle that
1: um well it's nothing new um and this is why you know um I think when when I was ready to do it, I was ready to do it because um, at all of the, I would say all but maybe one or two of the companies I've worked for, I've managed multiple brands. And in some cases, up to 13 brands um, that I had to manage all at once um, and keep straight and and position differently. and And so this is my career. I've been doing this. Um, and so, um, to me, it's relatively easy. The harder part in that is training the people that haven't done that. Sure. uh, Because, you know, the language you use with consumers is different. How you speak to them is different. Um, the, the areas of focus vary right between brand. And, um, so that's been, been more of the fun stuff is, is seeing other people go through it for the first time too. (laughs)
0: Awesome. So Eric, share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think you could and the impact they had on you.
1: Yeah. Well, so the the first person that comes to mind um, was um, a manager that I had, um, Dave Corwin. Um, He gave me insight that um, I still carry with me today. um, And I try and teach Uh, to to anyone that's on my team Um, and that is um, you know you gather if a decision has to be made make it Mm. don't wait on it take the information gather the information that that's at hand and make a decision because oftentimes if you don't make a decision that has more of a negative impact on your business than even if you make the wrong decision right which Inevitably, you will, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> right? it's impossible to make the right decision all the time. Um, but if you don't make it, you, you sometimes can hurt your business way more than help it. Um, so that, that's the first piece um, is, you know, he gave me the confidence in making decisions. And he allowed me very young in my career to make some big decisions, um for on behalf of the the business and and the department that i was in um and that i mean it's invaluable mm-hmm. um i couldn't thank him more for that yeah. um i think the other um the other aspects of um you know in my current businesses, my partners who have owned their bi- own businesses for you know twenty plus years um knowing that that i haven't owned my own business before. Um, but that my experience uh, within the corporate, you know they allow me to to run and, and manage this mm. um, without uh, you know uh, a ton of questions without um, you know any sort of distrust. Um, and uh, you know Tim, you and I have talked about it before. I think the key there is just having aligned values, knowing that that you have the right, the right goals in in mind and that you're you're going to operate under the same kind of uh premise right with with the people and everything and um so that you know my current partner is just allowing me to to do what i know Mm. uh and and to trust that that um that i got it i think is is invaluable
0: yeah yeah i i like what you said earlier about you know being willing to to make decisions even if they they turn out to be wrong decisions like too many business owners will kind of sit on the fence right and overanalyze or or analysis paralysis right and and not end up making a decision and and miss out on a big opportunity and um and so i like what you're saying about you know it's kind of like fail forward like make a decision if it's wrong it's okay you're going to learn from it course correct and and keep going right
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, what's what's worst case scenario? I mean, depending on the situation, you could be out some money. Um, but hopefully you're not risking all of it. Sure. <laughs> um, but worst case scenario at the end of the day is you've learned something. Yeah. Um, period. And and you won't make the same mistake twice. Um, and and you can implement the learnings back into the business. Yeah. Um but, um, in this day and age, with you know privacy changes and digital changes and algorithms and in different uh channels, um if you're not trying new things and making decisions on a daily basis to push your business forward, you're going to get left behind.
0: yeah, yeah, our founder says uh something along the lines of you're either growing or you're dying. Right. So if you're not taking chances and you're not right reinventing the wheel, if you're not, you know, moving the business forward, there's no real such thing as status quo. Right. right. There used to be a long time ago, but now it, it doesn't exist. Right. If you're status quo, you're actually dying because your competitors are moving forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just um, I read uh, an article just yesterday um, along the similar lines where they were they were talking to franchise owners. And it was like, you know, if if you only buy into one territory or one franchise, one office, you've just bought yourself a job. Yeah. If you buy in with multiple, now you've now you've got a an income stream that um, allows you to reinvest plus live off of. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's it's just one of those things where sometimes you do have to invest in yourself and and make those decisions to to move forward. Yeah. You know.
0: So Eric, what's your biggest learning as a business owner?
1: Um, well, I think um you know uh, learning uh, the the gear shifters right within business, um you know, obviously working in the corporate field, a lot of the corporations I've worked with, you know you have some you have a lot more uh, leeway in terms of cash flow right? Mm-hmm. Because they're established business. Um, when you're doing it on your own, if you don't know your financials, um, it, it could be detrimental. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so, you know, it's that balancing of going fast to grow a business um, while still under control, yeah. right? And, and being able to to shift gears as you see fit, both up and down um so that way you're you know you're you're driving your cash flow the right way yeah. um
0: Marcus from the show The Prophet, he says if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business right? correct, yeah, and, and to your point right if if you don't know the impact of a decision that you're about to make and you know what's that's going to do for your cash flow, it could be you know hugely detrimental to the business so
1: yeah well and and i I definitely think um you know, for, for those business owners out there that, you know, um, don't look at financials and everything, there are so many different levers to pull, um, I think, that that can make you profitable yeah. or more profitable yeah. in a given month if you're looking at your numbers regularly. Yes. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I look at my numbers every day. Um, most of the businesses, when I was at the executive level and in the corporate landscape, we looked at our uh our numbers both on a daily and weekly basis uh and then monthly quarterly i mean we you know you you slice and dice it every which way but if you and that's where i learned the importance of of looking at that because there are things you can do to positively impact things without hurting the business yeah um you know um so knowing your financials is critical
0: I like what you said about when you, when you break it down and you look at them, it gives you opportunity to a whole bunch of different areas that you can impact profit. So, um, you know, just to to illustrate that a little bit more for the folks listening is we, we break profit down into, you know, at least 350 strategies, right. In terms of here are things that have worked across the board with all of our different clients and, you know, just pick, pick two or three, right, in each of the five different categories and implement those over the next uh, two or three months. And and every little change you make, every 10% adjustment that you make to different areas of the business has a multiplier effect, right? So it all starts to your point, Eric, right? You've got to know your numbers in order to know where to make those adjustments and and to track and see if those adjustments are having an impact to the overall business.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I've been a part of, of some uh, some companies that that didn't know their financials mm. uh, when they finally dug into them, you know um, some of the owners weren't on the same page um, some um, and and just because you get uh, sometimes you take home money at the end of the year on taxes does not mean you're profitable <laughs> um, and and I mean that that's that's a an example of like know your numbers. Um, because just because, um, you know, you take, you take a cash distribution or something right to lower your taxes does not mean you're profitable. Um, and, and, um, you know, I had one owner tell me, what do you mean? I'm not profitable when I was helping them with build the, build a a budget and financial model. And, um, you know, it was a surprise and they uncovered that they were, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars in debt and, and they weren't talking. Wow! So it, it's so important to have good communication and um, and to know your numbers. I, I mean, it's the most critical thing. I think. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> so Eric, we know that business
0: doesn't uh, business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about one of your biggest challenges during the the your your, your years as a business owner, and and maybe a, a fellow business owner or a colleague that came alongside you and helped you get through that.
1: Yeah. So, well, so, um, I would say, um, you know, it wasn't always my plan to partner with people, mm. um, and, and to do it, um, you know, my original plan was to, uh, build Elikai from the ground up, uh, manage it, uh, on the side and, uh, of, uh, day-to-day work. Um, and I happened to be uh kayaking and fishing uh, alongside a river in Oregon uh with my family uh when we lived in, in the Portland area and met a a fellow business owner uh or at that time not a fellow business owner I was in the corporate world um and and he um uh he owns a successful business and dental practice and and um you know one of the things that he told me was um you know the the really successful Uh, folks uh, that he's encountered have partnered with somebody because their skill set offsets something that they're deficient in and then that allows them time to free up to continue to uh, develop businesses or reinvest time in other places because now they they're two or three or four people you know pulling up the bottom right yeah um and so um i would say that you know that impacted me to to say you know what um you know 40% of something or 30% of something or 70% of something um when it's bigger and you have more balance and time to do other things that you love is more valuable than 100% of something um especially you know, depending on the the strengths of your partners and what they're bringing to the table, I mean, it could be massively uh, impactful. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I would say that's that's where um, when I sought out after partners, you know, I knew I was always going to have partners. I have a large family, and I want to spend time with them. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I looked for uh, partners that had strengths in other areas i didn't need somebody with the exact background that i have um i need somebody in manufacturing and you know the other side of the business that i don't have as a core strength right um and so it was it was super impactful from that standpoint so um you know it, it's it's why i'm where i'm at uh with with on my own as a business owner and with um you know, a brand that's picking up steam and and getting noticed and and everything like that.
0: You mentioned it earlier. I think it's important to to reinforce it here. Is that um, partners just for the sake of partners is not you know necessarily going to be successful. So, you know, as folks listening to this are exploring partnerships, you want to make sure that you've got similar values and beliefs, right, to the folks that you're partnering with because you know there's going to be some tough decisions that need to be made in business right and some some gray decisions that are going to be made and you need to know at the end of the day that you're fundamentally aligned right to the folks that you're partnering with because you know when we bring in an opposite, as Eric mentioned, right, we're going to rub each other, you know, and, and you know, they're going to have a different perspective and a different opinion. You know, that's why it's a benefit, but it also can be a friction, right, during challenging times. And, and so you want to make sure that you've got people who you who you know got your back, right, who know have the same values and the beliefs that you do so that you can you know trust and respect each other's opinion. So Eric I know we've talked before and it sounds like you've been able to, to find that for yourself. Is that a fair
1: uh, Yeah, I th- I think you know um I think there were things as a business owner that that I'm still learning. Um that I'm thankful that my partners put in place early on, yeah. right? Um within the the legal agreements and everything like that like You know, knowing who has the final say and what is so important because, like you said, you're not always going to agree, especially um, if somebody has a perspective that's different than yours. And sometimes that's an impasse. So you need to know from a, a, you know, a structural standpoint who's got that final say and you got to respect it, right? Um, Because you signed an agreement that says, hey, you know, when it comes to, um you know and uh, decision so and so has the final say but inputs needed and that, you know yeah. that stuff right but um you know things that i would not have thought of now i almost got into a partnership that probably would have not been uh i would not be where i'm at um and um you know i think it it came back to values mm-hmm. um and uh, it came back to communication. Um, and um, luckily, you know, that wasn't the path that I was meant to go down. Um, and, and I was able to to see it soon enough. Um, and, you know, Tim, you and I have talked about it before, that courting process is so important to learn um, about one another, because you're still, it's almost like an interview. Right. right and so everyone's on their best behavior everyone's <laughs> doing yeah. the right things um but it's really important to get to know a potential partner um and how they conduct business if you can prior to that yeah um, you know unless unless they're just you know helping with funding and they're a silent partner and that's how you have it structured right um you know, so there's a ton of different ways to do it, but but you do want to make sure that you go through some sort of vetting process and then you build a, a pretty comprehensive structure and agreement around the interaction on a day to day basis. Yeah,
0: our, our subconscious um, will attract our opposite. You hear that a lot in marriages, right? That that people marry marry their opposite. It's true with business partnerships as well, because our subconscious knows what we're lacking, where we're lacking, or where you know different perspectives that we need. But to your point, right? If we're not if we're not aware of that, and right, and we just you know get married overnight, right? And we don't we don't also think through, right? Are we compatible? Right? Do we have the same life uh, goals or or Um, vision for the organization are we do we have a similar morality level and and you know are we going to do are we going to align on what's the right thing to do then it can it can be just like you know a marriage where you know people who rush into that right end up having significant challenges and and it's not as uh, as uh, joyful as it could be for versus those who have taken their time to make sure it was the right fit exactly
1: yeah um i mean You know, comparing it to marriage and and growing with people and and um, you know, communication's key in that. Values is is key in that to make it work long term. And the last thing you want to do is get into a partnership and be miserable and know that your you know your savings or your uh your assets or however you structure your deal, right? Which million ways to structure, all that's on the line. Yeah. Um, and so you can't just walk away unless unless you can come to some sort of deal to walk away. But um, you know, you you gotta figure it out. Um and and uh you know people people in business that's that's one of the challenges of business is is people and managing people and huh. managing relationships and and managing um you know uh different communication styles and and everything like that. Um you know it, it's um it's just it's imperative that you have those skills to that can manage different yeah. uh, different situations and different people
0: yeah. you you mentioned uh, you know signing the the contract up front and maybe it right, not really making as much sense then as it did now and you know here he, for again for everyone listening right will, if we're level headed right it's much easier to sign an agreement of what happens when we break up versus when we're we don't like the other person and we're in the midst of potentially breaking up, you know, you're know, you not going to be able to sign a, a, a reasonable contract at that point. So much better yeah. to do it when you don't think you need it,
1: right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and um, I mean, things do evolve with the business, right? Where, you know, responsibilities shift and everything there. and And having a legal agreement in place is not a distrust thing. Mm-hmm. It's a clarity thing um and and clarity uh makes for a um uh, more oftentimes times uh, it adds to a recipe for a good day yeah. when things are clear right um better communication better responsibility line of sight to uh, goals um you know clarity is is so much um yes and that, that's all you're doing is you're creating clarity it's not a distrust thing it's not a you know um uh, you know, what if thing it's, uh, this is how you operate and this is, it's clear. <laughs> yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. Very fair. So Eric, if I asked you to pick three people in your business journey, um, as an owner that you are most grateful for being there, uh, that have contributed to your business growth, who are those three people and how they help you?
1: Um, that, it's so hard. Um, okay. So the first one I would say is my wife, Jenny. Right. Um, being able to encourage, bounce things off of, um, be on board with taking a risk. Yeah. Um, yeah. right. Um, the other, um, I would say, um, I'm going to group some people together. So my corporate life, uh, which gave me the skills and and mm-hmm. the knowledge to be able to go out on my own, uh, you know, like, uh, I was saying Dave earlier, you know, taught me how to make decisions. Right. Um, you know, learning the financials and having to report them out to board of directors and you know and publicly traded companies and and presidents of non-public companies and all of that stuff um, along the way, just managing people. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I had one situation where you know uh, the it was a large corporation and and I I could not let somebody go who was being disrespectful to me, not listening to me as I was managing. And I am so thankful for that because it allowed me to learn managing people and, and, and adjusting me in order to get through and motivate, uh, which was so key along the way. Um, and then again, you know, I kind of touched on it earlier. I would say that third grouping are my current set of partners, right? That trust uh, that have the same values that allow me to do what I, I, I know how to do. Um, and then, you know, to rely on them for the things that they know how to do. Um, so I, you know, those are kind of the sections, right? Your family support. And then I think my corporate life and then, and then now my business owner life and and how all that intersects. I, I, I really couldn't choose um, three because way more people have been <laughs> and, and goes to the conversation, right? Like you can't do this on your own. Like at some point, whether it's education, you know, if you start a business in high school, somebody, somebody helped you. What maybe it was your dad went went and helped you buy your first lawnmower for commercial lawn mowing or whatever, right? Like I mean, somebody has helped you along the way. Um, you know, you're never fully alone in in what you're doing. Yeah, you mentioned
0: your your wife as your number one. I would say that for myself as well. Um, there's a lot of, you know, ups and downs in running a business, right? You mentioned there's a lot of risk in it. The first couple of years are incredibly challenging to get things working. And it's just amazing to have somebody right on your side. Who's got your back, right. Can give you that encouragement and motivation and support. And I just keep, you know, keep affirming us that, you know, we're, we're doing what we're meant to do and to, to hang in there.
1: Well, and, and I know with my wife, it's, it's also it's, it's not only that support, but it's also the challenge, right, of, of doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not a business um, minded person. Um, she's more like psychology and, and thinking through things. So I get a totally different perspective to where she challenges me to make sure that that I'm doing everything I can. Um, and, and doing the right things and, and everything there. So it's kind of the balance of keeping me, you know, um, you know, supportive and moving forward and, and she's got my back, but also, you know, checking me where, where maybe, um, I've lost sight of something, right. Or, uh, or I could have handled something differently or said it a different way. She's, she's my, you know, my checkpoint on that. Yeah. That's awesome. So
0: Eric, as you think about the next three to five years and um, what are the biggest challenges that you're going to face to reach your goals and who are the types of people you're going to need to help you overcome those challenges?
1: Yeah, I, well, so, um, you know, in terms of, of the next three to five years, I think one of the biggest challenges that that we're going to find um, in my two businesses is, um, you know, your, your path and the opportunity picking the right opportunities in order for the businesses to grow the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, seeing, seeing the opportunities that maybe are great opportunities, but not right now opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've got, um, a licensing opportunity for Elikai, uh, that would be massive. Um, but, you know, I don't know that it's the right time, which is super unfortunate and sad because I love this other brand. Um, you know, so, um, you know, the, the checks and balances and, and the partners that, that I currently have, um, you know, just balancing things off of them. Um, you know, I also think, um, other challenges, you know, I, I don't plan on stopping with two companies. Um, I, I want to continue to grow our, um, direct to consumer brands and, and, and our consumer product brands. Mm. Um, and, and there's opportunity to, um. You know, I've got, got tons of ideas and, and category research that, that will allow us to get into some other um, sporting good categories. Um, and, you know, it's going to take partners to get on board with those because because it's going to utilize resources. It's going to utilize funding. Um, and um, so that those are three to five years. All of that's realistic um, and and all decisions that are going to have to be made. That's awesome. You you mentioned lots of ideas. I, I in your intro
0: I mentioned that you've got a number of patents. Are they all within you, this this
1: space? Um no, so I, I've got a couple um in um in other sporting good categories. Okay. Um so hockey, um, pickleball. Um I've got uh what else is it in? Uh oh uh rifle scopes uh we've got uh we've got a patent in that um and uh and so yeah i i don't plan on uh we've got one one of them is in cornhole uh it's a it's a bag um uh, certain bag design um that we put under the american cornhole association um and um you know just there's there's a bunch of other, I mean, you know, if you've ever uh, come across people or, or you yourself invented anything, um, to decide to patent something um, is a very carefully decided thing, right? Because sometimes you just want to be first to market, uh, and and you'll get more bang for your buck doing that. Right? Because uh, it's really hard to um, to patent uh, and protect, You're right? Uh, because um, you know, I know in my corporate life, you know, we would sit there and we'd look at if we really wanted to get into a space and there was a patent there we would look at, all right, how do we get around this? Yep. <laughs> right? How are, what, how are the claims structured? Um, and, um, in some cases it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> and in other cases, it's really hard. They've done a really good job with their patent. Um, and, and it, it varies, uh, you know, by product, um, So like I, we just launched a a product under Elikai that if I was with a big corporation, I would have patented. Um, but, uh, under Elikai and with the amount of dollars, um, knowing that it's not going to be, it's not one of our number one or number two products. Um, it was just worth it to get it out there, uh, into the public as the original. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a, I know we, we uh, you know, it's always cool to say you invented or you have a patent, <laughs> um, but in some cases it is a waste of money. Unfortunately, uh, but that is the reality of it because other people have money to get around them. Yes, indeed.
0: So, <laughs> so, so Jim Rohn said we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So, Eric, as you think about that, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own?
1: Um. I mean, kudos, kudos to you. Um, that is, it's hard work. Um, and, um, you know, I would just say, you know, if you are doing it on your own, surround yourself with a good support staff, somebody that can can check and balance you. If you have a group of friends that are also business owners um without giving up equity, you can do coffee once every month, once every two weeks, just to bounce ideas off of you, you want a business minded support. Um, and you know uh it's always good. like i've i've joined groups before where it's been like you know for coffee and one guys you know a marketing guy one, one guys a sales guy you know or whatever right and you just bounce ideas off of one another but um having having that support um and sounding board is is important and and if you don't have it um you know read lots Uh, there's lots of good articles out there. Um, you know, you don't have to do it hundred percent alone, whether, whether it's, um, podcasts or like yours, Tim, I mean, whether it's, um, reading articles, um, or, or, um, you know, find a mentor. If you, if you can, just one person to have lunch with or coffee, invite somebody out, pick their brain and, and, uh, you know, um, say thank you and, and uh, and try and implement things to push your business forward. Technology, I love what you say because technology's made
0: it. It's almost eliminated any excuse for not having a mentor because we can read a book, right? And that can be our mentor. If we don't like reading, we can listen to an audio book, right? Or we can watch a, a YouTube video or a pod, listen to a podcast. So that there really is no excuse for not having you know, those five people in our life, right, even if it's not physical people or people that we know, it can be, you know, successful business owners who are sharing their value with others. And, uh, and, and we're able to take advantage of that through a book or a video.
1: Yeah, right. Um, partners doesn't mean you're giving up equity. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it doesn't mean that at all. Um, in some cases, maybe it's totally worth it to In other cases, it it could just be, you know, again, a sounding board, support, um, friend, whatever, um, you know, doing business kind of together and and bouncing things off. But it doesn't it doesn't mean equity. It doesn't mean you give up any part of your business. Uh, It just means that you're continuing your education around your business. Right. That's all.
0: And I liked what you said earlier about, you know, staying in your lane in terms of what your expertise is. So there's, there's outsourced opportunities as well, right? Where you're not giving up uh, equity, you're just paying, whether that be an outsourced CFO, right? Or outsourced HR yeah. services or payroll or marketing, like there's lots of yeah, options.
1: Action, marketing. There's, I mean, um, you know, there's certifications out there that you yourself can get uh, that just allows you to have support, um. So you know, partnerships are are bigger than just business owners, yeah. um, and and you know I think if you open up open up to some of the, to help, right? You just have to be open to to help in any way, yeah. And you got partner, yeah. You know, yeah. Indeed,
0: awesome. So Eric, sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people who have helped you on your journey. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them?
1: Just uh, just thank you. Um you know I've learned a lot from them hopefully hopefully they've been able to to learn some stuff from me um and and I've been able to help them and give back to them somehow um they've been uh you know a tremendous support and and these two businesses wouldn't be there without them mm-hmm. um at any level when I was in corporate. these two businesses wouldn't be here without the people that that God's put in my path um and um, and my family. Uh, I mean, none of this would be possible without without a, a higher level of, of path because I couldn't write it. I, I'm not that smart that I could have been like I'm going to move here and meet this guy, or I'm going <laughs> to move there and 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 uh, or I'm going to choose to manufacture here and and they're going to become part. Like you just can't write that. So um, you know, thank you for for making sure you know that you you keep me honest and, and humble and, um, uh, open to, to possibility. Awesome. So
0: Eric, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today and I really appreciate having you on the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Tim. It was awesome.
0: To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the self made is a myth show with your host coach, Tim Camp. be sure to help spread this movement by liking the show or, Uh, mention it on your social media. And to join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and I'll see you all next time. Take care.